revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm. What's up, everybody? This is The Sporting Edge, and today's podcast is brought to you by Audible Trials. To get your free download and account, go to www.audibletrials.com slash thesportingedge. Again, that's www.audibletrial.com slash thesportingedge. Finally, remember to throw that in this week. There we go. And you know what else this, about this week is so great? This is no longer is football back. Football is it, here. It's here. It's it is here. here in a big way. I feel like I could talk about the first quarter of the Patriots game for like two hours. But it's, we don't have that much time. We don't. But And it's interesting because I texted you in five minutes. It was actually three minutes it took for the Patriots to score. And I had already thought 16-0 was a reality. But... Clearly, that is not going to be the case this year. After the first, they looked horrible after that first drive. I thought it did, and I think in part that's their defense right now. Their defense is not together. And if you watch the live broadcast, the Collinsworth and Al Michaels were, talk, were talking about it the whole time. How this team is not yet unified. They're not together. It's kind of new faces and new places for this team. And, of course, injuries were starting to be a problem already. They had no Julian Edelman. I don't know how much of an impact that was. Amendola had six receptions for over 100 yards. Who, I think Who was already concussed. Who's already concussed. I mean, injuries, we're going to get to that about this game, how big injuries were. But they need to air the ball out. They need to go long. And that's how they came back against the Atlanta Falcons in the Super Bowl. And that's what they have Brandon Cooks here for. I mean, Brandon Cooks caught a 54-yard pass that if Brady would have put a little bit more on in the fourth quarter, would have had another 60-plus yard pass to Brandon Cooks. I'm not saying this because he's my fantasy guy and he only got me 10 points last night, but Cooks is going to need to be that weapon with Edelman out, and their defense is really going to need to figure this out. I mean, they've got Van Noy, Hightower, a bunch of new pieces as well. Gilmore on the edge who got burnt by Tyreek Hill last night. Tyreek Hill might be the fastest man alive right now. I mean, he is unbelievable. I thought the story of the game was definitely Kareem Hunt. Running you couldn't start a worse way. Let's put you, it that I felt horrible. You know, I was cheering for the Patriots. I wanted to, Tom Brady's on my fantasy team, so I wanted the Patriots to absolutely destroy them. But fumbling on your first carry in the NFL, it's got to be like. Especially like, when he huge. fumbled once in 862 carries no, at Toledo. He didn't even lose it. 
Didn't even lose a fumble in four years. How about the fact that he had over 40 receptions and zero drops at Toledo each year? But, I mean, what a comeback. The guy had one of the... One of the better fantasy games we'll see all year. I think but he had about 270 yards combined. With three touchdowns. three touchdowns. I mean, add receptions if you're in a PPR league. It's absurd. And I was I was talking to you about this before the show, but great stat I was reading, and I wish I had read it before one of my fantasy drafts, but an Andy Reid running back, a starting running back for Andy Reid, has finished in the top 10 in fantasy scoring nine out of the last 10 years. I, I mean... mean that's just not even. There's a lot of there's a lot of ways you can tilt numbers to you know make people believe what you want to believe. But I mean that's pretty straightforward. Yeah. And after that first carry, I was like, this is going to be nine for eleven. But I mean, he was a hu- he's not going to have this big of a game every week. But he was a huge part of the offense. And but he has the ability to have this game every single week. And this Kansas City Chiefs allow their offense and their skill players to have this. And I'm a little worried. I mean, if you saw the end of the game, Tyree Kill came off the field limping and a little bit of, a little bit gimpy. So you're going to have to wait and see during the week. The best part about them playing this Thursday night opener is they don't have to play till next Sunday. So they get right. the extended time off and we'll be able to see what the injury really is. Andy Reid is plain and simple. And if you like it, you like it. If you don't, you absolutely hate it. And he will get his skill players the ball. I mean, how many times did you see the shovel pass to Travis Kelsey Last night, they, it was absurd. They really do spread the ball around, and they've got to, they've got such an array of weapons. I mean, Kelsey's one of the, the biggest bodied, better pass catching tight ends. In the Who, by league. the way, needs to take it easy. Yeah. Take it easy. He doesn't have he to take. Almost it easy. cost his team the game last night on one of his stupid taunting penalties. He had a taunting penalty on a great catch that brought them to a second and one, and instead it was second and twelve, and he was. Now or now he is going to be suspended. So he needs to, one, take it easy, take one out of Gronk's playbook, and just celebrate when you score a touchdown, which he was unable to do last yeah, night. I was say, Gronk didn't have anything to celebrate last night because he only had 33 yards receiving, but that brings me to the next point. Tom Brady looked pretty atrocious last night. I, mean, I know he threw for 270 yards, but 16 of 36, those are not Tom Brady numbers. Those are those are Blaine Gabbert, you know, Chad Henney-type numbers for and, me. Again, they were talking about it during the broadcast, 2014, week four. The Chiefs put a nice little licking on the Patriots. It's game one, and my big thing is I'm a panic, I'm a panic presser in terms of the button, and I'm a Kool-Aid drinker. But for some reason, I watched the entire game, and there's nothing that I'm super concerned about when thinking about the Patriots. I think the Patriots are still going to make their run to the Super Bowl. I think... Like I said, they're going to need to air the ball out a little bit more. The slot play is not going to work every single week. Teams have been able to adapt to that. Just look at the Atlanta Falcons and look at the Kansas City Chiefs last night. I think the Patriots will be fine. Maybe take a couple of weeks to get back into it. I don't need to hear yet that, oh, Tom Brady's hit 40 and it's going to fall right off the plateau. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's in great shape. His release is even quicker than it was in 2006 right now. I mean... They were clocking it last night at 0.33 seconds of a release. And obviously he's going up against Alex Smith, who is recorded to have the fastest release in the NFL. So I'm not concerned about the Patriots. I think this is a nice little beating, and Belichick's going to game plan and figure it out moving forward from here. Yeah, I'm not worried about it either. I was just pissed because, you know, I got Tom Brady on my team, got Gronk, and it was just a disappointing night. I mean, I thought the game really turned on that fourth and one play in the first quarter when the Patriots decided to go for it. And I was like, you know what? Why don't you just take three points? You get the best kicker in the league, or one of. Um, why don't you just go up 10 nothing? And they don't turn the ball over. Chiefs come down. It's, I thought that just changed the whole complexion of the game. 
And after that first drive, the Patriots didn't really look that great the rest of the game, and Chiefs just kind of just kind of beat them down. And I mean, some great efforts, like we said, from Kareem Hunt and Tyreek Hill, some huge plays. Um, But I agree with you; I'm not worried at all. Just disappointing first week. I want some. I wanted three touchdowns. I got well. Hey, you didn't you didn't draft the right team because I think this Kansas City Chiefs team just smacked us in the face for not drafting them. I think they're so explosive that these are numbers you're going to see frequently this year. And I think it was even better for the Kansas City Chiefs to go out and draft Pat Mahomes because Alex Smith looked possessed last night. He looked like this is not a team I'm willing to give up yet. And I'm going to go through it. I just want to say one thing. So Mike Gilsey last night, three touchdowns. The vulture of vulture in terms of fantasy football. Dude, he's the new LeGarrette Blunt. He's the new LeGarrette Blunt. LeGarrette Blunt was so 2016. He was. And now it's Mike Gillisley. And it's amazing because on pace for 48 touchdowns, obviously that's not going to be the case. He started with a three-touchdown night. And it could happen. He could have 20 touchdowns. I know LeGarrette had 18 last year. But you got to fluff your quarterback a little bit. And we went to the porn industry right there in terms of getting it up, right? You need to give Brady some of those touches in the red zone. You've got Gronk. you signed Dwayne Allen. You've got speedy slot why, why, receivers. Why do you need to give him touches? You just want to score. That's what they did. That's what I'm you saying. Fl- you don't need to let, fluff anything. He's let him not, throw a touchdown pass. Why? They didn't even throw he's the ball not, in the red zone. He's not a rookie. He doesn't need to build his confidence. I think he's, he's won five Super Bowls. It's your first game of the season. And you're, what? They're I think playing to win. They're I think you need to score. Fluff. They scored three touchdowns in the red zone. He didn't look great at all the rest of the night. He had a bad game. It happens. But that's all the time a... we have this segment, everybody. This is the Sporting Edge at Liberty Talk. FM. We're going to be back with more football and kind of brag a little bit about our first week in college football. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back, and we're going to cool it down. I got a little. A little upset that Brady wasn't given his limelight, wasn't allowed to throw some touchdown passes here. But before we get back into the NFL and our picks for Sunday, which is like it's like merry season. That's the tweet we got from Adam Schefter last year. When you or yesterday, when you wake up and you've got nothing but football to do, it's arguably the greatest thing in the world. And bowling. And bowling. We do me and Xander and a couple of our pals, we are becoming professional bowlers. We're not yet in the PBA, but we are starting in a bowling league for the Brunswick zone. But uh, if you want to compete, go out to Brunswick and, and sign up and you can face against the Sporting Edge host. But anyways, Last week was our first week of football and our first week of picks. And baseball wasn't going so well for us in terms of picks. But last week, now that was a week. We went 2-0 on our official picks. <laughs> Alabama covering, beating Florida State in a really kind of tragic game in some sense. I mean, Alabama lost two of their best defenders for the entire year. And then DeAndre Francois goes down as well for the entire year. Yeah, very late in the fourth quarter. Very too. late. And, and um, the game wasn't out of sight. It's not like they were up 49-7. 7 I think. Yeah, and... So you can still make that back. That's two it, touchdowns yeah. with the, the two-point conversion. And it just is unfortunate because that completely knocks Florida State out for the year. Right. Um, but, you know, even before then, it just looked to me like we called the game pretty spot on. Alabama's defense was just was too much for Florida State. I know they're number three ranked team in the country, or they were, but Alabama was just another class ahead of them. And then obviously losing Francois. Because they could have lost that game and made it made a run to the college football playoff, yeah. but I don't really see it anymore. And nor did I think they were very good to begin with. Um, that's that's been the trend of Florida State. Besides the year with Jameis Winston when they won a national championship, they always seem to be overranked in the preseason and underperform. Like USC, but we'll get to that. I was going to say USC and FSU. They're overranked and overpowered. But what I liked about that game was how good. 
Alabama's defense was. Right. I mean, Holding them to seven, and they didn't score a lot of points. So what do they need? They need Jalen Hurts to step it up, which I still am on Team Hurts. I think he's going to step it up. I, I think so, too. I mean, there's no reason to think that he wouldn't be at least as good as he was last year, you know, this being his second year. But I do kind of wonder, though. I think he looked, you know, he looked okay. The Lane Kiffin argument. I kind of wonder if that's going to hold any weight this year because if you remember the national championship game, um, Hurston looked that great, and people were had a lot of speculation on what that could have been. But Lane Kiffin could bite the dust, in my opinion. Going you know to what? FAU, thinking he's going to turn them into a powerhouse. Well, he kind of got kicked to the curb and went to FAU. Well, I don't know. Now he thinks they're going to be good, and then Houston comes calling, so he might already ditch FAU. I mean, come on. I, I'm a, I'm over Lane Kiffin. I am too, but I mean, he, he can did go a good blow something up his nose or whatever else he does. Drink a drink. But anyways, our second game we also had correct was Michigan, and I'm not going to lie. I was a little nervous. I was working, and I was watching the Michigan game, and they were down at half to Florida. And it was the concerns we also talked about, which was Michigan's offense versus another terrible Florida offense, which was held scoreless in the second half. Michigan, Their oh, offense, they, all, they did not score a touchdown on the offense. No, they didn't. Two pick sixes. They, they're the <laughs> Wisconsin Badgers of the se- SEC. 17 points. Uh, for Michigan, I'm like, I can't believe they let up 17 points. I wasn't watching the game. I'm scrolling through a scoring summary. Wilson Spates pass intercepted touchdown. And then Wilton Spates interception for a touchdown. But they won the game, and it was just another a suffocating defensive effort. Oh, absolutely. You've you got to love the way Michigan played. It's either game. suffocating defensive effort or suffocating offensive effort. Hey, because yeah. Just hopefully were... the defense is more suffocating because Wilton Spates can be brutal. He can be brutal, and he needs to figure it out in the same way that Jalen Hurts needs to figure it out if they're planning to move forward. Because I was concerned. I didn't want to see Michigan take a loss that early in the season just because of the way college football works and how you're unsure at that point if you're going to make it to the playoffs. And Florida, again, just a team maybe a little bit overranked, a team that has absolutely no offensive skill at this point in time. But who knows if they bounce this back. This point in time, I think their last, what was the last good offense? Was Tim it? Tebow, maybe. Tim Tebow. And I hate Tim Tebow, time. so we, we don't even like to bring him up on the show. And shout out, shout out Tennessee Vols for coming back. Double OT, taking down Georgia Tech. I know they didn't cover. That's the comeback you want to talk about? Not the UCLA coming back from 38 points, basically? Well, I'm, I'm, I love Tennessee. so I'm gonna, And I I'm love gonna, UCLA. So give I'm, them a shout out. Double OT, top 25 ranking. This could be the year for Tennessee. It could out. be the year for the last five years. They're the, I know. they're the Cubs of college football. The best recruiting classes year in, right. year out. And eventually they're going to do it. Eventually they're going to hit. I just don't know when that is. When Peyton Manning comes back to their team, they reincarnate <laughs> the younger version of him. Another game that was not an official pick, but I was very close to putting down on the books was Western Michigan USC. And USC, the overranked and the overpowered Got a little smacking by West, Western Michigan early on. Completely outscored them in the fourth quarter, ending that winning by 40, or not by 49, but winning by 20 points at the least. But USC able to pull it out. They've got a big game this week against Stanford, and they're five and a half point favorites there. I don't know. Early season Pac 12 matchup. I think the Pac 12's weak. There's no more Christian McCaffrey there. I don't even know who's behind center in Stanford. I think that. There won't be a problem for USC when it comes to the Pac-12 this year. And I'm, they're going to be my pick, inevitably, this week to beat Stanford. Yeah, you know, I don't I don't think they're going to run into much trouble. I think I happen to think this could be a pretty good year for USC. I know they didn't look great against Western Michigan, but they did turn it on when it counted in the fourth quarter. And disappointing line for 
for um, Sam Darnold. You know, no touchdowns, two interceptions. Looked like Tom Brady. But he did look like Tom Brady, but I, I think they'll figure it out. Obviously, after the first game, since you only have one thing to go off of, it's you have a wide range of things. You know, if a team plays horrible and loses, you, you just get nothing but crap to say about them. But, I mean, as the season moves on, we'll kind of see who teams really are and what they're all about. But If this was the beating he needed, that's the beating he needed. Because there is so much pressure. With the idea of him being the number one overall pick... I think there had to be a little pressure there. And this is a tough game. Western Michigan went undefeated last year. And they're not done yet. They're playing Michigan State this weekend. They're not. So, they're no cookie. So they are no cookie. And but, they, I mean, USC was a 28-point favorite. Can we get your pick, though? Are you taking Stanford or USC? Or? I'm, I'm going to take USC. Okay, I, we're, we're both riding USC, then. Yeah, I mean, I, I like Stanford, too. And there's, there's really not much not to like about that program, but... I think this. I think this is a year that USC is going to step up to the plate. I don't know if that means college football playoff, but I don't think this year is going to be a disappointment for them. You know, they might, maybe they lose a couple of games, but I think Sam Darnold plays better. And obviously, they're they're another school that gets some gets top recruits. I they mean, do. You know, you've got beautiful Alabama campus, beautiful locations. Um, you got basically Ohio State, Michigan, Midwest, and get USC in the West. I mean, that's that's what I've always seen is like. Maybe they don't do the best every year, but they're getting top players. And USC, I think, is one of those schools. So I, I think this could be the year for them. And I, I thought do. that for a long time. Could be completely wrong, but what are you going to do? No, I know. I know. They got a very important non-conference win, and I think they're going to have more important non-conference games to win. But I think it's nice that they'll start in the Pac-12, make kind of a statement early on. But we got another game. We've got a couple other games, actually, to cover. Georgia, for the first time ever, the South is coming to South Bend. And they're playing the Notre Dame Fighting Irish. They're not ranked the Irish. Georgia is. And I think it's still early for Notre Dame. I think this is sweet for television purposes. I think it's going to get people to turn in or tune in to watch Notre Dame because they're always a TV favorite. But I think Georgia, I'm not tuning in. I think both these teams are garbage. I don't think Georgia is garbage. I think Georgia is going to be completely fine. I think they're another powerhouse SEC team that's going to have a good season. They're a powerhouse every year, and every year they're like every nine SEC or that, then, you know, Go Georgia, into Notre Dame and win a big game, and it's important. It is important, but I mean, Georgia is one of the most disappointing programs, I think, in college football over the past 10 years. That's fair, but every team in the SEC is because it can't get past Alabama. No, but Georgia always has such high expectations. So does I mean, Tennessee... No, so t- Tennessee. So does Auburn. So does Baldwin. Auburn has won a national championship. They have, and that's what you could stick so, to. But, but Georgia is always like that one big game that they can never, they could never win with Mark Rick. You know, they're they're nine and zero. They're playing Alabama, and they get spanked. They just every year they cannot win the big game. But yep. you know, L- LSU has won a national championship. Auburn has. LSU's been down for the last three years, but I we have to put it out there anyways. I'm taking Georgia. They're plus four and a half on the road. I'm a big fan of that. I don't think Notre Dame is a top 25 ranked team. I think both of them suck, but I'm taking Notre Dame. Okay, then we're finally split on something. But we're going to be back next segment, everybody, with more college football game picks as well as we get back in the NFL. Aaron Rodgers Day is coming soon. That is my holy holiday, basically, on Sunday. But that's all the time we have this segment, everybody, here at The Sporting Edge. This is We are on LibertyTalk.fm and AMFM 24-7. Also, reach out to us on our social media platforms, everybody. Have a good day. What's up, everybody? Bubba here. It's finally here. The long-awaited Bubba Report. 
bringing you news from all the trading floors across the globe. We've got Scott Chalady, the cow guy, as seen on CNBC, Fox, and Bloomberg. We've got Keith Bliss, CNBC, Fox, and a floor trader at the New York Stock Exchange. We've got the Badger, who writes the hot topics in the political news. We've got myself putting together my own unique indexes that will help you give you a better idea of what's going on in the market. All you need to do to get a hold of the Bubba Report is go to thebubbashow.org and sign up for the newsletter, or you can email me direct at bubba at thebubbashow.org. We want you to have this report because we've got over 150 years of experience talking about markets, getting ready for the trading, and puts you in the best position to have successful. So email me at bubba at thebubbashow.org to get a copy of your report or go right to the website, thebubbashow.org. Make sure you get it. It's a must-have for every investor and trader. The Bubba Report. What's up? What's up, everybody? We are back. We're going to round off our college football picks for the week. We're going to finish off with the Sooners in Ohio State. But, Xander, we've got another game right before that that I think is also super crucial, and it's the Clemson game. Very big game. Um, Clemson-Auburn, you know, this game's got a little bit of a different feel without Deshaun Watson out there this year. Uh, but I, I still like Clemson in this game. I think they're one of the most talented teams in college football. And you look at what winning a national championship does for recruiting, I mean, is like an exponential difference. I, I think the big key in this game, though, is Clemson's defensive line. I think it's still one of the best in the nation. And I think Auburn's going to have a tough time moving the ball against them. And I know that Kelly Bryant is a new, the new man in charge of the Clemson offense. Um, but I, I just don't see Auburn finding much space. And you know what? I know they're not going to be as easy to score on as Kent State. You know, for Clemson in week one, but I do think they are a more talented team, and I think that will, that will show up. Even though they are playing at Auburn, I think this Clemson team is still a great team, so I'm yeah. taking them. You're taking Clemson, so Clemson is minus six. They're at home, and we've been on, you, at least I have been on the road team so far this week. But I think this game is going to be kind of gritty. I think it's going to be low I scoring. Be gritty, yeah. I think it's not because both teams kind of popped off last week and. Scored their points, did what they needed to do. But they are relatively new teams. Clemson, obviously, were moving past the Sean Watson era. Mm -hmm. This is an important game because you're going back to the SEC. You took them down and won the national title last year. And again, in some sense, this is almost a statement game. I know you're the better ranked team here, but Auburn's ranked 13. And we were just talking about how Auburn's had some down years. This is a put-up-or-shut-up game for Auburn, I think. They are another team who, you know... Take away the Cam Newton national championship, they, you know, they're kind of always there, but they never get over the hump. But yeah, I mean, they had, they did win that one year, so I got to give it to them. But fair. they're always in the mix, but they usually cannot win the big game. So this would be one of those weeks where they would need to come out and play. Yeah, like you said, put up or shut up. And I think in the same sense, a little bit for Clemson, although Clemson can afford to lose this game, and I don't think that'd be the end to their playoff hopes this year. I think that they go through the ACC, they sweep that out, and of course, with the four spots left, I think they get one of them. I think what the college football playoffs are turning into is an area for conference champions, and or at least conference champions that have the, the resume to do it. So like in Alabama, Clemson last year, it should have been Penn State, but unfortunately a little bit robbed. So I think they're going to start to see it tailored a little bit more to that. I'm also going to go with Clemson here. I think Minus six. I think they can win this by a touchdown. Auburn, although it is a put-up-shut-up game, I just don't think they're going to be able to outlast this Clemson team. Who knows? Again, we don't we don't really know the prospects of this new quarterback yet, and this is a really good first test for Clemson. So I'm going to go Clemson 
but let's get to it. Columbus is going to be rocking this week. I'm a little jealous I will not be in the state of Ohio like I was last year, although they were in Oklahoma when they played the Sooners, and they just absolutely annihilated them last year. But it is changing the guard, I feel. It's a new year, and Ohio State, i got to be honest with you, looked a little weak against Indiana, and we talked about that. Yeah, they did look weak, um, and we talked about, you know, they had a big second half, but, I mean, Oklahoma is not Indiana. I know Oklahoma is also another team who usually disappoints, but they will not, you know, they will not roll over, I think, like Indiana did in that game, and that is the reason I'm going to take them. Plus, you know, I've got plus seven and a half. I've got plus seven and a half as well. Okay, but you know what? I think this is going to be a close game. I think I think it comes down to a, a last-second possession, um, and hopefully it's Baker Mayfield leading the Sooners down the field rather than um, J.T. Barrett. Um, who now feels like he's been there forever as well. Yeah, I, I mean... JT Barrett is Ohio State, and I think he's progressively getting worse. <laughs> I think he is, too. I think, you know, I remember when Cardale Jones won the national championship, that seemed like it was like six years ago. And that was the year after JT Barrett got hurt, and then he came back. I can't keep track of the years, but well, I agree with you. He did not look... Didn't look great last year for me, and didn't look great didn't look, week one. Did not look good at all week one. And... To be honest, Ohio State, make of it as you will. Their defense supposedly supposed to be one of the top ranks. Indiana kind of punched them a little bit, too. I think they did. I think Oklahoma needs this, and not only Oklahoma. Let me tell you who else needs this. The Big 12 needs this win. The Big 12 has become the ass crack of the NCAA. <laughs> Texas is back in the rankings because their name is Texas. Hear Texas. me roar. Hosting Maryland. Were they 19-point favorites? Huge favorites over Maryland. It's Herman's first game, and they take their biggest beating, and they give up the most points. Dude, where's Charlie Strong at? I know. The Big 12 needs this win. Because can you name any other Big 12 teams that are even, like, considered in the rankings? You don't have A&M because they don't have the SEC. You don't have Texas Tech anymore. Baylor is not a top-ranked team. Texas clearly not worthy of a top-ranked team. You got Oklahoma, and then you got your two Kansases, your Kansas State, your Oklahoma State, your Kansas. It doesn't matter who you have in the Big 12. It is literally the ass crack. Yeah. We get that you can play basketball, but even there, you guys have sucked recently. Yeah, this is a big game, and I think the X factor for me is Baker Mayfield. I mean, I think he's got the opportunity to go out there and throw for five touchdowns, but I don't know what's going to happen. I do think he's going to have a very good game. And obviously, JT Barrett, I'm down on him right now. We're both down on him. You know, he's gotten worse. Didn't have a great week one, but if he comes out, throws for three touchdowns, runs for a couple more, I wouldn't be surprised. Shuts us up a little bit. I just don't think it's going to happen. And obviously defense, again, is going to be key. I think this Oklahoma Sooners team is definitely a little weaker. When you look at the Buckeyes, I I would consider them a top five defense in college football. I know they looked a little rough last week, um, but second half they looked much better. But I like I like the Sooners. I like Baker Mayfield, and I, I think this team. This is a hump game. This is, and it's hump day. It's get over the hump. Day. But let me tell you something. Something. So I'm also taking Oklahoma plus seven and a half. There's no morals in Oklahoma. You can do pretty much whatever you want. Joe Mixon. You saw him just Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather, a poor innocent woman. Why not incentivize Baker Mayfield? Tell him he's going to get some booze. Tell him he's going to get some boobs. Tell him that there's women and booze waiting after the game for him. And he'll play even harder. Give him a motorcycle, too. I mean, the guy loves his party, and the guy loves his after nights and everything. 
So if you can incentivize them that way, I think you have to play some plays hard. And I think that would push Oklahoma over the over the next uh, or over the hump is what we were saying. Yeah, I think he's going to play pretty hard anyways. I mean, I don't play, know. Playing to get in the NFL. I mean, there's a lot of other incentives. There's really not room for him in the NFL. You never. Know. I mean, you're seeing people get passed up for poor choices and everything, and. Mayfield isn't really worth much of a draft draft that he is going to continue well, to neither, make Neither choice. is Tom Brady, but, but you know. 20, Tom 20 Brady years. is a class act. 20 years, Tom Brady. 20 years later, here we are. Five Super Bowls. So you're comparing Baker Mayfield to Tom Brady. No, but I'm saying, Tom was Tom Brady worth much of a draft pick in the sixth round? Sixth round? He wasn't. But got drafted, got a spot, won a Super Bowl, and here we are. He's Greatest a little undersized player. and a little... So is Drew missing Brees. a little something so is in Drew that. So so you're just going to compare him to all the great no, quarterbacks I mean, in the league right every now? Every slight that you have on somebody. I mean, you look at the top... If you come back and punch me in the mouth. In the mouth. Just come I, in, I, I be know. a Hall of Fame quarterback look at in the, the NFL. The top three quarterbacks in the NFL right now, in my opinion, would be Breeze, Brady, and Rodgers. Not very highly, highly tactics. I know Breeze and Rodgers were first-rounders, but, you know, Aaron Rodgers sat on the bench for three years. Nobody knew what they were getting. A couple MVPs, a Super Bowl later. Drew Breeze... Last pick of the first round behind Michael Vick. What has he done? Just throws for five thousand yards every year and won a Super Bowl. But and since we are, since we got hot on this NFL train, we are officially submitting our college football picks for this week. Can we read them off? Do we have them? Oh yeah, I have the picks. It is me and Xander are riding Oklahoma. I'm taking Georgia, where Xander is handling the Fighting Irish for some reason. They aren't going to be lucky, so no worries there. We're both on USC. And finally, we're both on Clemson. So, Xander and I, not a lot of disputes. I think it'll be good that we have a little separation. We need more disputes. We need some more disputes, but that's what the NFL is for. And that is where I've just absolutely... Let me take it, take it. If, I, if we had a highlight reel for radio... That was playoffs. Let me just take this, it back. This is going to be the year of wits to in the NFL pick. Absolute beating. I did. I took a beating. Of Horrible. Ethan over Xander in NFL picks. Went into the playoffs hot... Hoping my Packers would be hot, but unfortunately they did not win on another terrible, terrible loss to the Atlanta Falcons. But it's NFL time, Xander. And I'm a little confused, but we're going to talk about games like the Giants versus the Cowboys on Sunday night. The Giants are your Super Bowl pick. We're going to talk about the Packers, Seahawks, who are my su- and the Packers are my Super Bowl pick. But the AFC, AFC, it's kind of up in the air for both of us. I think the Steelers are my Super Bowl team that they'll get to the Super Bowl and lose to my Packers. I forgot who you have at the moment in the AFC. It could be the Patriots, could be the Chiefs. I or another think I one had the, the Patriots. That was my... It's hard to pick against them, honestly. Even after that week one, um, you know, I think they're still probably the best team in football yeah. overall. So, get ready. We're about to lay down our picks. When we come back from the break, everybody, this is the Sporting Edge at LibertyTalk.fm and we'll be back with NFL Week 1 Game Picks. What's up, what's up, everybody? We are, we are back. And let's just jump in because I'm way too eager. It is Packers Seahawks. Aaron Rodgers, the greatest quarterback since Brett Favre. No Tom Brady or Peyton Manning in between. They're going to host a very important game here at Lambeau this weekend and in a must. In my opinion, a must-win week one. It is time you're, that we you're go so full of shit. There is, is no such thing as a must-win must win week one in the NFL. Week one, we play at home against Seattle, and then on the road at Atlanta. Two must-win, make-a-point games. 
No. Play, you're playing in the worst division in football. You don't need that. You don't need to win. Your Who says the Lions are that bad? Horrible. Like Matt Stafford just cashing on a nice little contract. I what think. Is, what does that mean? I think, and then the Vikings, who are a young prospect filled team that have been pretty good. Sam Bradford had the number too. one completion percentage in the league. I'm just going to say it. I think that this is a better division this year. Just because the Bears are the worst team in sports doesn't matter. Doesn't but the Packers, they're at home, so they're minus the nice. It's going to be a close one. And I'm obviously going to ride that home field advantage. I think they're going to take out Seattle. I know this is Russell Wilson's MVP season, what I'm hearing from a lot of people. But I'm going to ride the Packers. I think Aaron Rodgers has got a ton of weapons, and this defense is young, new, fresh. Ahmad Brooks, not so young and new, but a great signing for the Packers from the San Francisco 49ers. I'm feeling it. Packers going to be 1-0. I'm excited. I'm really excited for this game, too. I'm going to leave my pig off the table for this one. Um, I've got a couple other games, but the Seahawks, for me, I, I would lean a little bit towards them because I, I really think this is going to be a big year for Russell Wilson, and I'm, I don't know about the Green Bay defense yet. I know they got a lot of new faces, but it's hard to say what happens in week one. On the other side of the coin, I think people are really overrating Devontae Adams this year. Um, no love for Randall Cobb, really, in these fantasy drafts that I've been seeing. And, and I don't think their roles are necessarily going to be going to like a lot of a lot of think Devontae Adams, uh, drop worthy candidate. You know, drops a ton of passes. And I know he's talented, but I mean, Jordy Nelson eats touchdowns for a living, and Randall Cobb I think is you know not one of the best slot receivers in football anymore, but I think it's still pretty good. Devontae Adams struggles this year, in my opinion. That's my fantasy side. I think this is going to be a close game. The three-point line is pretty tough for me, so I'm going to leave it off the table. But I would lean a little bit towards the Seahawks. Absolutely. And so, Xander, since you are leaving this one off the table, how about you give us one of your picks for this week? Well, my, my favorite game of the week is the Bengals minus two against the Baltimore Ravens. I think this is going to be the year for the Bengals. Andy Dalton surrounded by a ton of weapons, and I think Tyler Eifert is going to be a huge X factor on this team this year. Hey, do you like Tyler Eifert? I do like I took on sure? every fantasy team that I own, which is three of them. But, you know, I think Andy Dalton has been a solid quarterback ever since he came into the league. Has not found success in the playoffs. I think this year the defense is going to be solid. You know, they're always – they're never great, but they're always solid. I think Andy Dalton has, you know, 30 touchdowns this year. I'm not going to say MVP-type season, but you got A.J. Green, Tyler Eifert, Tyler Boyd. you got Brandon LaFell, who's a great veteran receiver. And you've also got a lot of choices in the backfield. And, you know, the NFL's kind of been going towards a committee approach. But, I mean, Joe Mixon, Jeremy Hill, Gio Bernard, there's a ton of weapons. And I think this team is going to be exceptionally good this year. On the other hand, and the Ravens, I don't know if Joe Flacco is going to play week one. And even if he does... He's in week one. He's in? He's okay, in week he's one. In, he's in. Coming off an injury. I do like the Ravens. I do like Joe Flacco. But I just think the Bengals are a better team. Division game. I love their early division game. I do. I think they come out and they punch them in the mouth. And That's like fair. Two points. I think it's going to be. A this, is point punch point. this is the punch in the mouth division. This is the Steelers, Andy, Bengals. Andy Ravens. Dalton is going to say, "I say I'm going to out game this game. It's going to start now." So I love the Bengals minus two at home versus the Ravens, 12 p.m. Central Time. I believe that's going to be an awesome game, and I'm going to put my pick in as well. I think at home, I think it is the Bengals game to take. Baltimore is one of those teams. Not so much like Kansas City because you can expect. I mean, Kansas City was the two last year going into the playoffs. Baltimore's kind of. I need to see what's going to happen. I'm not totally sure. They've got the weapons. They've got Mike Wallace. They've got now they, Jeremy Macklin. They've had the most pass attempts in the league the past two years. Exactly. So if they can it's not, it's not, not going to be exciting. Exactly. 
And I mean, the game uh, the game predictions right now, right now, Cincinnati twenty three, Baltimore fourteen. But that seems a little low scoring for me. Obviously, this is a defensive division. I'm going to go with Cincinnati in this game as well. I think that they're going to be able to pull it out. AJ Green back. It's there at home. I just kind of just kind of like that vibe right there, and hopefully Andy Dalton is more than mediocre this year, right. and that's what we're going to need to see in the season. But we've got a ton of other games, starting with the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys, and that's Sunday night. So you will have had a ton of football to cover all day long. Be super excited, slipping into the evening. At least I will be because the Packers will beat the Seahawks. But you got the Cowboys versus Giants. Versus Giants. And it's minus four right now for the Cowboys. And if you're the Giants, you're like, wow. You guys, the NFL would botch this so bad that they allow Ezekiel Elliott to play week one against us. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make a ton of sense. I mean, he's going to be in for six games. I don't care. I like the Giants. They're my super, super, so I'm not going to go against them. Especially because they beat the Cowboys twice last year, which... Nobody else did. They, they also held and three. They also held Zeke to his lowest rushing yardage per game against uh, per any team. See, the thing I love about the Giants, I'm just not talking about this game in, in general or this game in particular, but in general, they just need to dance. Because both times I won the Super Bowl, you know, five or six seed, they just need to make it. So I don't care. Ugh. They show me a good effort during the regular season, and they get and they get in, go ten and six or whatnot. Right? If nine and seven gets them in, it doesn't matter to me. But Eli Manning. Um, OBJ, that I'm not sure if he's gonna play. Gonna play. That's the thing right now. Um, it'd be a big blow, but Brandon Marshall, I think, is one of the sleepers in fantasy football this year. He's been he eats touchdowns. He's been the top red, top red zone receiver in the league since 2012, um, which is kind of, kind of shocking. I mean, he's had some great years. That that's a pretty huge number. Um, I also like Paul Perkins. I think this. I think this offense is going to have a nice flow to it this year. I think at times last year, choppy. You know, hey, you had Odell Beckham popping off some awesome. Time. Sometimes he was super cold. Kind of had a lack of a running game. Eli Manning was decent, but I think this year it's gonna it's gonna flow a lot better. Uh, I have the Giants to win this game straight up. So obviously I'll, I'll take them with the points. Um, but yeah, this is gonna be a good year for New York. Not for the Jets, though. Not for the Jets. It's going to be a tough one for those I guys. I think it'll be a good year if they lose enough games to get the number one pick. And pick yeah. up Sam Brown, which is a quarterback they'll need. But I'm, need, but I'm a Cowboys here. I hate the Cowboys, but I'm going to take them. Take them. They're playing. I mean, all of our supporters out there, the people for Hurricane Harvey. I know that's in Houston, but the state of Texas, Texas won. And I think that Dallas and Houston this week are sweeper games. Very important for the state. I think Dallas is going to pull this off. They've got Zeke in the backfield. He's got something to prove that this Giants team won't won't run for much longer. Dak Prescott, I think, has something to prove in his sophomore year because it's not a gimmick. I don't, th- and I think people are starting to believe that Dak Prescott is the guy. I don't think the Cowboys, the Cowboys will us, but I do think they're going to win. Win. We're going to have their full arsenal, arsenal of teams. Right. I think they're they're a good team, but for me, Dak, Dak Prescott. I agree. This is a huge year. This is like a make or break year. A lot of a lot of people have great rookie seasons, but you know, just again, like any sports, somebody kind of figures out what you're all about. You know, you know, make some more adjustments. And the thing about you know Ezekiel Elliott being suspended, forty-seven percent of their passes last year were on play action. Yeah. You don't have Zeke in the backfield. Yeah, Darren. Darren McFadden doesn't work. I mean, not not that he's not great, but 
You yeah. know, we'll see. Before we're done here, Xander, you do need to take one more pick so that we're even for the week. Who is one of those games, those games that you net? I know you're a big Saints. Arizona Cardinals going on the road against Detroit. I think Detroit is a garbage team. Take I will take Carson, Carson Palm. He's going to have a good year. All right. Well, you heard it here first. So that's all of our picks this week. Xander just entered the Cardinals minus two on the road. Plus two. Plus two. You got plus two? I've got minus two minus here. Two. Uh, whatever. He's going to take him. minus two. He's, ta- he's taking Mike because of how garbage that he believes the Lions to be. But it is Packer week. It is Packer season. I don't care if there's something called the NFL because it's going to be the PFL, the Packer Football League. And we are ready to roll. Handle our picks. Picks. Whole slate of games. We're games ready for. Fantasy kicks back up this week as both me and Wits and Wits kind of league for the first time. Stop letting buffoons win it. So that's all, that's all we have this week, everybody. This is Wits and Ross here at the Sporting Edge. You can find us on Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, Twitter. We'll find us. We're also on Libertystock.fm, AMFM 24-7. And we will catch you next week after we are done with week one of the NFL. Revolutionary talk for revolutionary times. Promoting peace, liberty, and prosperity around the clock. LibertyTalk.fm.